This is a prospective minicast episode, content that didn't make the full episode, but we think is going to be interesting to you. Here we go. So, you're a photographer and a filmmaker, and obviously a YouTuber, but going straight, going straight into the difficult question here, <laughs> and I'm sure the one that people want to know, which one do you prefer more? Uh, I th- yeah, I've gone back and forth on this for a while. For the, for a long time, I said I liked photography more, uh, mm-hmm. but the more and more I do both, I just love them equally. They're like my children. I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Don't to, lie. So You've got a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. oh man. It's yeah. It's just uh, when I'm in love with another, the other one makes me love it that much more. And so my kids are great. I love, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's like whenever I'm on a like a, I feel like a hot streak with photography. All of a sudden, this film comes along, and it just like punches me in the gut with feels and I'm just like oh man this is so much more impactful than any photo job I've ever done you know and then I have a situation you know with you know that bride that passed away with the photos and it's like oh man this is why I do what I do and you know you just like you go back and forth all the time so it's really hard to ex- you know choose one right now I'm most excited about filmmaking mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's season to season based on what's happening in the nuance and the variables. So I'm really excited about filmmaking right now. Cause I just, um, I just bought the one DX Mark two and mm-hmm. how are your people, arms? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Getting swole. Yeah. Um, that is not a, that is not a popular decision in the wedding filmmaking world as you, I'm sure you know. Um, mm-hmm. but this I'm just, use. Oh really? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. a combination of that and the GH5, yeah. but Sweet. yeah. Great choice. Yeah. And if I was solely a filmmaker, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be shooting on the one DX two. Um, oh no, we made the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh I would probably be going on like a GH five route or like the new uh what is it, the S one or you know, Sony or something. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. but having the hybrid camera for YouTube is big for me, having the face detection autofocus. Like I need to think beyond just one avenue. I need mm-hmm. I also want to use it for stills. So uh, there's all all these moving parts, but having shot with it the past two weddings this past week, I'm so amped to be using it because it's just, we built out a cage and I have the seven inch small HD display now and <laughs> it is just unbelievable. Um, mm, yeah. So that codec though. I know it's unbelievable. Oh, man. <laughs> we, I literally <laughs> <The> shot <memory. laughs> over a terabyte for the Hawaii wedding. Tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's brutal. But yeah. and I I'm not going to shoot every wedding in 4K on it. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm really just going to keep it to like the big portfolio pieces. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know, it's just a completely different experience. I turned on the highlight tone priority. I don't know if you guys have done that. Have you heard about that? Uh <laughs> take, take that as an O. I'm trying to think of I, I use the GH5. I Simon uses the 1DX. So That's that eh, actually says shocking no. that I don't know that. <laughs> So if you go into the menu, turn on the highlight tone priority, what it does is it, it, uh, it brings down your highlights a full stop and then synthetically boosts your shadows a full stop. 
And so you get a oh, you get another be, stop with dynamic range. Oh, um, and it's a game changer. So I've been is, we it, shut. Is that for video? For video, yeah. And it's oh. on the Mark IV as well. I just mm-hmm. I can't believe this is why I love YouTube. Someone just randomly commented that on my video. They're like, hey, have you checked out highlight tone priority? I'm like, what is that? And <laughs> I, and I turned it on. I was like, oh my goodness. It's like it's almost a log profile now and a flat profile. I'm like, this is nuts. Uh, I didn't think I could achieve this on a Canon body and I don't think a lot of people know about it. And so, uh, so the lowest you can go on ISO is, is 200 when you have that on because the Mm -hmm. synthetic boost. Um, but I've, you know, just been using variable ND and a promist filter and it's just so dreamy, man. It's so beautiful. Um, I'm kind yeah. of ashamed that I didn't know that, but thank you very much. I will now Dude, go into no my shame. menus and <laughs> there's no shame ever. I love mm. when people correct me or give me advice on my videos. Uh, that's another perspective where it's like you and I am guilty of it. Like YouTube videos and YouTube comments are the nastiest things. Like people are <laughs> the nastiest on YouTube. It's so oh, it's awful um, and just like yeah. totally unacceptable. But there are times where people like will give me a negative comment with some advice. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> cut out the negativity. It's like, well, I know you're a hater, but you just helped me. So suck it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's sometimes people are very well-intentioned, like super nice about it. Like, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but this camera does this or this setting does this. And I always just respond with like, I had no idea that is amazing. I'm stoked to start doing that. Uh, mm. So that's really I just say really cool with uh, a give back from people that follow you. It's happening yeah. all the time, and it's really sweet whenever it happens. It just makes me better along the way, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I'm actually really looking forward to trying that highlight uh, yeah. priority because yeah. we're actually shooting an elopement on uh, Wednesday up in Glencoe, mm-hmm. which is kind of mm-hmm. a, another uh, famous spot in uh, in uh, Scotland. But mm-hmm. it will be it will be bright skies and mm-hmm. dark tones, yep. hopefully. Yep. So yeah. just to to clarify for people listening, when we say you do photo and film, Ooh. you don't do them at the same time, do you? Correct. Yeah, this is a this is one of the most asked questions on YouTube and Instagram for me. Uh, <laughs> people are always like, "How do you do both at the same time?" And I'm always like, "I don't." Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I always I always pick one or one or the other for myself. And if we do mm-hmm. photo and video on the same day, which does happen. Uh, I build out a team. So I have an associate filmmaker. His name's Jesse. He's incredible. Uh, he actually shoots on the, the, the pocket 4k, the black magic, which is oh, yeah. an unbelievable camera at that price point. Uh, yeah. I highly suggest anybody like just look into it. Just do a little bit of research on it. It's ridiculous. So I usually have him film uh, if we're doing photo and video, if he's available uh, or since I'm so connected to the community in Chicago, I can build out a team pretty easily uh, mm-hmm. if I if I need it. But I'm kind of straying away from doing both on the same day, moving more into uh, associate stuff, where if we do both on the same day, I just kind of let Jesse lead it. I'm just like, mm-hmm. hey, you shoot, you edit. This will all be you as an associate job. I won't touch it. Uh, but there's some yeah. weddings like the one we just shot in Seattle. He was filming, but I'm going to edit it because I know it's going to be a portfolio piece. And yeah. I want it in my portfolio. Um, so, yeah, that's how that works. And yeah. I would never so ever do it, do both at the same time with one person. And I think that is just 
bonkers and I don't <laughs> think anybody should be trying that. It's it's quite a thing over here. Uh, I, I, I don't know if this is a the term for it worldwide, but we call it fusion over here. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you get people and they only offer like a three to five minute film uh, for a full mm-hmm. wedding day. Yep. And it's obviously not to replace a whole blown, you know, like a full covered video, but it's just right. a nice wee um, extra for, for couples who maybe don't have that in their budget. So there's definitely a place for it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. there's a couple I, of people that yeah. we, we know that do it and they do really good stuff, but mm-hmm. I just can't understand how... How that's they can where, put that stress on themselves. Yeah. Right. That's where I'm at. It's like, I, I look at that and see the stress that it's, if you're, and I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking strictly from a perspective of one person doing both things. Yeah. Yeah. I won't, I won't compromise in saying that you are not at a hundred percent for both ever in that circumstance. That's just reality. And so yeah. I'm not discrediting that. You, I mean, if someone wants to do it, by all means, go ahead. I would never do it and never suggest doing it um, just because of what I know I would miss on both fronts. And for me, like there's a certain level of quality that I expect from myself that I could never do both at the same time for that reason. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I know I'd be filming something and I missed a photograph that I like want to kick myself for not getting. Yeah. Um, And that's what, that's the battle I would be dealing with all day and knowing just like as, as high quality I would want the film to be, I would constantly be freaking out about audio while I need to be taking photos and mm. I think there's a time and place where, like if you're doing an elopement, that's totally different. You know, if you have a timeline where you can kind of do anything whenever, that's completely yeah. different. But if you're doing like a standard American wedding with, with a strict timeline and you only have like 30 minutes to do X, Y, Z, you're going to be running around like a madman all day. Yeah. And yeah. I don't wish that stress on anyone. And <laughs> I don't wish you missing stuff like you would on anyone in that circumstance. So that's just all I mean by that. But yeah, I'm mm. sure people who do that, the hybrid stuff, do you feel like, do you feel like European weddings in general are more laid back? No, no. no still, <laughs> I mean, uh, no. Strict timelines, uh, as you say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're doing, uh, you know, if we're doing a, a wedding in Europe, it's usually an American couple flying mm. over. So they take that kind of American aspect, you know, mm-hmm. the planning and apply it and, and apply it in just a different setting. So, I suppose, yeah, we're used to the the American way of doing things more so than the than the European. Um, yeah. But yeah, in Scotland in particular, it's pretty it's pretty samey. You get very little time to do couple work. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I guess the thing that I would have trouble with if I was doing fusion would be like prioritizing which moments would fit into what format. Yeah, you right. know, like like you have what, to have a what, serious plan. Yeah, man, and yeah. But for me, like, if to be that systematic, that would pull me straight out of shooting photojournalistically. You know, like mm. for me with photo, if I was doing both like that and I had that kind of a plan, I would not be shooting in the moment. I'd be like, here's mm-hmm. my checklist of things I need to get. I'm going to execute it, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. my style completely changes. So, so when you're shooting photo or film, do you use the same kit for? each yeah and so that's what that's pretty much why i've stuck with canon uh because i don't care to have two different systems i just don't want to spend the money on that so uh i shoot with two 5d mark fours for photo and then the 1dx2 is my main camera for film now and then the 5d fours are bnc camera right Mm -hmm. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah. Do you do you, prim- do you do you shoot handheld or? Oh, I mean, obviously we know because we're fans. But uh, for yeah. people who are listening, are you handheld? Do you tripods, monopods? What's your supporting gear as well? I've uh, I've shifted quite a bit in the past year. All of last year, I was shooting on the the Zion Crane Two in a stabilizer, mm-hmm. pretty much oh, yeah. all day with the Five D Mark IV. That paired with uh, the autofocus that Canon has, it felt like yeah. indestructible. Oh. And yeah, so I loved shooting in that way for a while, but it, it started to become too static and too repetitive and too like fluid and beautiful. And it felt too cookie cutter for me. So in the right. off season, yeah. I felt a huge shift to want to get into more of like the documentary style shooting mm-hmm. with a little bit of shaky camera, lower angles, that kind of stuff. And yeah. so that's why I built out a cage for the one DX2 and a monitor. And I literally shot that whole Hawaii wedding last week on manual focus. Um, hmm. I just racked focus the whole day with the monitor and it was incredible. Uh, I just love like the in and out look uh, of focus back and forth mm-hmm. and just nailing your shot that way, shooting from lower a lower perspective and giving context to the room and context mm-hmm. to the environment. I'm really digging that style of shooting and very mm-hmm. soon I'll be getting I'll be getting an easy rig with the thing over the shoulder and getting kind of that flowy motion. Uh, mm. with the camera hanging so. with yeah. the intention to use at weddings yep it's kind of yeah. crazy but yeah. Jesse shoots that way at weddings he shot that way in Seattle and it's just you look like an idiot but it looks so cool <laughs> yeah well yeah. I, so I wasn't agreeing with you I wasn't like <laughs> yeah you look like an idiot I was no I was a dumb dumb no I, I I kind of get your 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 point of view with, with the crane and stuff and uh, I've I I used to shoot a lot a lot with the glide cam. Greg used mm. to call it my crutch, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is really funny. And now, you know, I go to weddings and it's just the camera. It's it's the Windy X Mark Two twenty four seventy, which mm-hmm. is the Tamron, so it's a little bit stabilized. Mm-hmm. And I've got it around a neck strap. Yeah, and you you just kind of pull it tight to get yep. to get that kind of smoothness. It's and it's new. really funny because you kind of you look like an amateur. Mm-hmm. You're like you've got Uncle Bob over here with yeah. like <laughs> you know the same the same setup. But uh, yeah, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, and someone I, that changed that for I, me was I don't know if you follow a little long distance. His name is Josh, and he's based out of Tennessee. Well, not anymore. He's in Colorado now. Mm-hmm. He, he shoots, recognize his name. Oh, you need to look him up. He's unbelievable. He's like one of those inspirations that Kalen and Christine pull from, from White and Reverie. Yeah, like all right, he, okay. He's just so good. I went to Hawaii with him. If you've seen those videos on my YouTube channel, he was in my, he was at uh, Venture. He was that guy with the all mustache right. um, where I had talked about oh, right, us yeah. getting a van and being in Hawaii oh, together. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that trip really kind of changed my perspective because he he shoots on uh, Sony A7 II, S2 mm-hmm. and he yeah. shoots handheld all day. And he, in a matter of 30 seconds on the bride coming down the aisle, he got like six different reactions out of people. <laughs> and all of them yeah. were incredible. And he played the film back to me and I'm like, how that's <laughs> unbelievable like it looked like there were five people filming the wedding and yeah it's just ah, because he awesome. could zip around handheld with the thing it was just similar with my mm. cage now like racking focus manually and just switching around with the variable nd just like so quickly can change settings and rack mm. focus and get your shot right away uh yeah. i love being able to do that if you're on a stabilizer it's just so much slower 
to get to that yeah. place. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, you're yeah. waiting for the lag to turn around. You're like, come on, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to just being able to whip it around and get it right there, ready to go. Um, mm. and having the monitor right in your face. Uh, yeah. I love that ability to, you know, catch moments that are just fleeting so fast. So, yeah, I used to shoot, it was the C100 Mark II mm-hmm. on a monopod. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I was just feeling too restricted. I was like, yeah. I can't get low enough. I can't move into spots that I want to. Mm-hmm. So when I went GH5 handheld, just opened up a whole new Total world of changer. creativity. Mm. And it made yeah. the films more interesting because I was more excited about the shots I could get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's, it is, yeah. yeah, it's funny, you know, the, I think I've said this before, like we have all these toys and all this gear that's supposed to help us make these amazing films. But if you don't, if you don't use them right, they can totally restrict you and you lose your enjoyment for your mm-hmm. for your you know the way you're shooting. You can lose inspiration. Like mm-hmm. just go with the next track one time. Just do it. See what it's like. Right, change it up. Uh, change it up. I I I I love that. And you don't even need to do that for a full wedding. Like I was so scared mm-hmm. when when we started yeah. reducing all the kit. I was so scared to do that at a wedding because of like yeah. client it's expectations. Like no consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But they never you know, notice. Try yeah. exactly. But try try it for the preps or. Or, or or try it for the dancing or, you know, try it one part of the day where maybe you've got a second shooter so you can be a little bit more adventurous and yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, so for the wedding, I, I we, we recently upgraded to a, was it the Ronin S, uh, whereas I was using the Glycam HD 4000, which I'm just used mm-hmm. to. And, 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 I, and I tried it for the dancing and that, to me, it just didn't work, you know? Yeah. It was a bit too smooth, whereas I'm trying to get this party yeah. vibe. So, you know, right. it's okay to fail sometimes, uh-huh. you know, um, obviously I'll, I'll edit in a way that's going to make it seem, you know, like right. crazy, uh-huh. but Which you okay can fail do. sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, hundred percent. I, I honestly, I feel, I feel like the magic's in the edit. Totally. Every time. <laughs> like, so I, that's again, what's so good back. about that. Like if you shoot in a uh-huh. different way, your cl- first of all, your clients aren't going to notice. Second of yeah. all, you can polish it in post. You just can yeah. I know people don't like talking about that with photography. You know, people are like, <laughs> just Photoshop it. It's a different game with video. You know, like it is. Yeah. You could tell a completely different story with music and audio and stabilization in post and cuts to music. Like mm-hmm. you can there are endless possibilities. And so shooting in a little bit of a different way might just force you to edit in a way that you haven't either, uh, to mm-hmm. make it more consistent with stuff you've done in the past or something completely mm-hmm. different. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's really exciting and fun. I touched on the the video I made about my 1DX2. It's like, mm-hmm. I made it fully clear at the beginning. I was like, I do not know gear in the way <laughs> a lot of people do. I just don't. Yeah. And I'm fully I'm fine with that. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but what's fun is a new tool that inspires creativity for you. It's like, this mm. this camera isn't going to change everything for me. This yeah. is just a tool that gets me excited to produce something in a different way. And it's going to help me produce something that's better, not because of the camera, uh, not because of the specs on it or what it does, but because I'm mm-hmm. excited to use it because it does different things. If that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah totally. Every camera at this point can make a really yep. good film mm-hmm. if it's used right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, what, Wayne what, Reverie did that, did that iPhone X yeah. video was it iPhone X? I mean, that was incredible. I think it was before yeah. the X. Yeah, I think it was before the X uh-huh. actually, um, and it was incredible. 
Like, yeah. so like, even our phones can make in, incredible films if you... Well, th- that's why I love Josh. Like, from a little long distance, he splices mm-hmm. he splices home footage from their, like, childhood into the film. And oh, I love that. He splices in he splices in all of their personal photos and personal like iPhone videos, and he just does this hodgepodge of nostalgia that is mind blowing and different than mm-hmm. everything you see. And sometimes he shoots eight millimeter film and like oh, do I, is it eight or nine? I never remember. Eight. I think it's eight. eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet you were all wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah, but like mm. he'll splice that kind of stuff into it, and it's it's totally different. It makes him stand out from everybody else, which is so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's cool. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, so obviously it's on your website again for the people who haven't checked out your website. What do you offer then, from prices to you know what the couple get in both photography and film? So the way I pitch to my clients is that I allow them for full customization of what they want. So I never want to wrangle anybody into a package uh, where they desperately want one thing and are, are kind of like roped into another, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that other way is bad. That's just how I pitch it to them. Uh, because people, you know, like different packages will be like, this includes an engagement session and an album and this much of print credit. The way yeah. I'll pitch it is just like, I don't want you to have to get the package with the engagement session, but not want an album and have to pay for the album, if that makes sense. And so the way I talk about it is I just start with hourly coverage and you can customize that however you want. I have suggested packages and you can add hours however you'd like. And all that stuff is a la carte in the end if you'd you'd like to purchase it, but you're not obligated to because you have printing rights to all of your images um, and you have access to print straight through my gallery with a discount if you'd like. So it's just a whole lot of if you'd like, if you'd like, if you'd like, you can mm-hmm. choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives me the opportunity to charge the prices I do for my hourly coverage. Uh, because mm-hmm. uh, I think people see the value of me giving them uh, the ability to do whatever they want with the stuff that I produce. But it also gives a strong emphasis yeah. of how important the actual photos are that I'm delivering. Uh, like the value, the monetary value of the images they're getting in their gallery. Uh, so yeah, my prices are above average for photo. Um, and right now they're anywhere from 6,000 to 9,000 US. But I think still very reasonable within a Chicago market that's you know it's the second biggest wedding market in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's how I'll pitch it to them. And 90% of my clients book an eight-hour package with two photographers and that ends up right now being about eight grand. So that's it on the photo front. Really simple. I use Pixie Set to deliver all of my photos. And the way I sell prints is I, when I send my gallery off, I give them a 25% discount off of the whole gallery for their family and friends with a code for only two weeks. Uh, so oh, that, okay. that code expires two weeks after the delivery of the gallery. And mm-hmm as the case most of the time is I'll get an order or two the night before the expiration of the, of that <laughs> coupon. Um, yeah. So it just kind of incentivizes that. And there are some clients that just love me and love the experience I gave them. And so they see it as an opportunity to tip me, which is really cool. You know, they want prints anyway. So like we might as well order them through Eric. And I had a mom order like a $2,000 print order uh, one night Whoa. where she just dropped all that. And I know it was because she wanted to give me a big tip and it was just so sweet. <laughs> oh, um, that's awesome. So that's a really cool avenue to, to make more money on the side with the business 
nearly passive income, uh, just kind mm-hmm. of floating out every once in a while, which is sweet. Um, so can, can, can you do a similar thing with video? Uh, yeah. I mean, like you could, you could do that with raw footage or you can film a ceremony in a way where you can make the edit and then try mm-hmm, to sell mm-hmm. it on the back end. Or I'll yeah. offer an a la carte full ceremony edit or an a la carte full speeches edit. Um, yeah. and I put that on the front end if they want to choose it, but I, al- I always say, and I don't do this, uh, but I could, uh, where I film it in a way where I could make that edit the full long, you know, making sure I have three cameras set up and all that. Yeah. Um, you could go as far as if you have enough time on your hands to make the whole edit and show them a section of it and be like, Hey, do you want to purchase this? Um, and you could do it around the holidays or a time where they're feeling like they want to do something for the other person. Um, mm-hmm. that could be a way to sell that. Yeah. But so my, my video packages are very, very simple. I offer a four to six minute montage and that's it. Uh, for each package, there's only two. So one includes the four to six minute montage and the other one includes the four to six minute montage with all the raw footage and the difference is $500. So they pay 500 bucks for raw footage. Uh, and 95% of my clients go with the one with raw footage. Um, yeah, I can imagine. That's, yeah. It's not much of a step up. It's like, right. Yeah, I can, and I can no one questions that. it. The first time yeah. I did it, I was so afraid that people were like, why does it cost $500? Um, <laughs> and I'm still terrified of people asking me that, but nobody does. <laughs> yeah. Um, because literally my answer is like, uh, because it's a business, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's something to sell. I like, I, <laughs> I don't need to put it like still work. I have to put it together in a timeline and export it for you. It's not like, you know, it's not hard, yeah. but it's also takes time. And yeah. more than that, it's valuable too, you know? Um, well, that's, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, right. Like we were speaking with the, about the bride of ours whose husband had died. Like her favorite bits are the bits on the raw footage, right? The sound clips and stuff. There is a huge amount of value in that. Right. And, and, uh, and yeah. the way you could see it is like, you could, you could also pitch it in a way where it's like, well, no, that's actually the price that I charge. Like everybody pays that. The one without raw footage is just kind of like a discount package. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, if you can't afford that extra 500 bucks, go with the one that's lower. So pitching it in that way. But uh, yeah, my film prices right now are at about the lower one's 7,500 and the bigger one's 8,000. And then the ceremony edits 1,500, the speeches edits 750. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of entering new territory with those prices. Never thought I'd be able to charge that kind of price. But yeah, the more and more I do it, the every year that I can raise my prices, more and more people are willing to pay those prices. And so the way I see it is like, if I can, if I can work less and put more into each film, uh, I want to do that, you know? And if people mm-hmm. see the value in purchasing it for that price, then yeah, that's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not yeah. twisting their arm and making them pay that price. They can, or they mm-hmm. can't if, you know, it's mm-hmm. their decision. Um, yeah, totally. How, yeah. how many of, of each do you, like how many bookings do you take a year on both photography and film? It varies year to year with the ratio, uh, but mm-hmm. every year for the past three, I've been booking anywhere from 27 to 32. Um, cool. And that's, that's getting to be too much for me. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. too many. Like this year, I think I'm shooting 27. It's mm-hmm. just too much. So I raised my prices pretty significantly for 2020 and I have booked zero weddings so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's terrifying, but uh, I know it's going to end up working out because it always does. Yeah. And yeah. if that means I'm shooting 10 weddings. That's fine. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with shooting 10 to 15 next year 
uh, because I have things like YouTube now and because I have things like education now. And I've, you know, I, at any given point, there's another reason why I love community so much is that I'm surrounded by people who can hire me at the drop of a hat doing the things that they do. Um, I have Mike sitting right behind me and Dana right next to me. And I know that if they needed help with anything, I could literally come to them and be like, what can I do for you? And they would have a job mm-hmm. for me in a day. Um, yeah. So like that safety net is unbelievable to have around me all the time. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't, I mean, like I have been in this, in a season the past month of just being like, I'm kind of freaked out about finances for the next year. You know, like we maxed out our Roth IRA this past year. So we dumped a ton of money into savings and I don't want to have to pull from that. And, you know, irrational thoughts, uh, especially with like what I said about community being around me all the time and I could hustle whenever I need to. But it's, it's just kind of that idea of like, man, well, weddings are my thing. And, you know, I teach based on weddings. So if I'm not shooting weddings, what am I going to do? You know? Uh, mm-hmm. And again, that's just the imposter syndrome coming in and it's gonna, it, it'll work itself out like it always does. Um, mm-hmm. But so many people find themselves in that situation at this time of year, at least where I'm at with our wedding seasons, where it's like, man, I have nothing booked for next year and I'm freaking out. And then every time wedding season rolls around, they're like, I don't have a single weekend available. I'm dying. <laughs> you know? so. Yeah, no, totally. Well, we, we get that all the time as well because like Scotland definitely has a wedding season. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the summer, everyone just gets married. Yep. So it's just like, man, your your social life takes a hit. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's hard going in, but it's like I said, it's a great job. So yeah, it is. Yeah, I wouldn't trade it. How how, how do you approach filming and photography on a wedding day different, or do you treat them the same in your mind? Like, oh, they're very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very very similar in the photojournalistic style, like in the moment, um, more so in in film than photo. I'm trying to shoot photojournalistic all the time with photo um, Mm -hmm. until I I know there's those moments of family portraits and grip and grins, and those are when Mm -hmm. I break for those things. But the rest of the time, Mm -hmm. I'm shooting candid. Um, For video, I am... 98% 98% of the time shooting candid. So there's very little uh, time when I'm directing and doing things. Uh, really the only time I'm ever doing that is during portraits and during mm-hmm. um, when the couple, uh, you know, they're by themselves. So everything else is just, you know, shooting and lighting and audio as the stuff mm-hmm. unfolds. And, uh, so that's always my strategy to really just tell the, the most authentic story. And sometimes I'll have ideas like if I'm doing a more stylized film like the Yosemite film or this Hawaii film where I'm kind of asking leading questions if to get like audio from them. Because mm-hmm. this Hawaii yeah. film, they literally chose Hawaii because that was where their family, like is where the bride's family vacationed and her dad just passed away a few years ago. So they picked a, mm. a, a venue that literally meant where heaven meets earth. And it was just like a huge honor and tribute to her dad. Um, so obviously like that was a huge component of the film and there Mm -hmm. was a whole section of getting ready where she just started talking about him and I just let it happen. Um, and, and left room for that. And was very intentional about shooting it and getting my mic like right in her face, um, as she Mm -hmm. was talking about it. So that was, uh, that was super important. So there's things like that where I'm, if I have an idea going through and the couple gives me something to work with, I'm definitely going to be prone to be a bit more strategic with the film, but a lot of times mm-hmm. I'm letting it unfold 
and really paying attention and focusing during speeches um, because that's just where so so many good things. Uh, sorry, uh, I, I hate to do this. Oh, good. My next podcast is coming here. Actually, uh, oh no. Sorry. Yeah. The, so nope. the just finishing that idea. Yeah, I, I I love being able to piece together a story based on the authenticity of like what's actually happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I need anything, if I don't feel like I got enough, I might pull a couple for a little session afterwards or shoot something mm-hmm. that can create some context. Yeah. Yeah.